On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have Matt Davidow back on, mostly because we're going to try to see if I can not interrupt him, which I know that's a minus uh, 800, minus 900. Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, we talk a lot about in-game decisions. We talk about wh- how Deck Prism is going to impact the in-game wagering market. And we even give a preview to the Super Bowl where we get an early view on what one of the sharpest guys in football betting says the value is. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast, bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a out with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where I'm going to try really hard not to interrupt the two people on the podcast that are smarter than me, Matt Davidow and Rufus Peabody. Uh, Matt is back by popular demand. Um, the last time we had you on, people found you quite compelling. So we thought we'd have you on again. A lot of this is around what we'd like to discuss specifically sort of in-game decisions. I think that, you know, you've become known as, as someone that has in very very good in-game models specifically ones that casinos are willing to actually buy to uh, power their uh, in-game betting but i'd love to sort of talk a little bit about the last week's games and kind of how we use those models to evaluate the in-game decisions that were made so let's start with first the green bay tampa game and let's, let's sort of understand some of the key decisions in there, what your model said, and then it'd be nice to think about kind of deconstructing the model to understand, you know, like sort of like the, the laugh test when you think about things, like does it, does it make sense? How did you come to these conclusions? And like, how do we think about um, going forward, what we use from this or what we learn from it? So first let's start with Tampa going for that fourth down at the end of the first half. Obviously that was a strange situation because it looked like they were going to punt. It looked like they were going to take the, take the safe way out. Then they came back onto the field with eight seconds left fourth and four from the green Bay 45. What did your model say about that? And then like conventional wisdom, Rufus, I'd love to hear your point of view on that, on that decision. I love that. I'm conventional wisdom. One interesting thing, Jeff, leading up to that whole situation was that, did, did you did you catch the timeout that Arians took when I think it was second to 17 for Green Bay uh, about their own 32, 33 yard line with 32 seconds left? And it's for whatever reasons, teams love those timeouts. And to me, they make no sense. What are they hoping happens? Like they're going to get the, you know, call a fair catch at their own 15 yard line with, you know, 10 seconds left. Meanwhile, I mean, so that, so let's stop for, let's stop hey. for that for a second because that's an interesting Whenever there's this, there's these, this at the end of the half, there's always this weird, like in between situation where you almost don't know which team should be calling the timeout. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like one play can make a huge difference in terms of who feels like they have the advantage at that point. And sometimes neither team should be calling a timeout. Interesting. It seems like teams which, always want the I think other was team the case to- in this situation. The, I mean, teams want the other team to punt so that they can, like, you know, on the 0.2% chance they get a punt return touchdown um, or a block or whatever. I mean, I literally, I literally tweeted. I was trading the game, and I see these timeouts. I literally tweeted, and I was halfway through typing the tweet, which was like, I guess Arians thinks that there's a better chance for a turnover than a, you know, Green Bay first down on second and 17. Just think about that for a second. It's Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. They're, you know, they were – Three three and a half point favorites with a you know total of fifty four. The chances of them getting a first down from a second and seventeen, or the chances of Aaron Rodgers throwing an interception, literally Arians bet on interception and got there. As I was, I was halfway done typing the tweet when they threw the interception, I just continued off the tweet anyway. But so what was the next <laughs> play there though? It wasn't so on wait, the next R- play, R- was R- it? I want to. It was the very next play. It was the second and seventeenth play. Oh. I think they threw an interception. 
So guys, that is that in. is exactly that's exactly what happened. But like, let me let me ask you a question, Matt. When you said that you think neither team should be calling a timeout at that point, you're basically saying that at that point, like it's it's pretty much even. Like, well, what, what does that mean in in the in, in the parliament? What what does that actually mean? So it's what second and seventeen with thirty two seconds left, right? So here the either Green Bay can call a timeout leaving them and maybe it was right for green bay to call a timeout in this situation actually but you do get situations where the offense is better off with the time run and then running the play and the defense of their choices is also better off with the time run remember that if you call a timeout you lose that timeout you don't get to use that timeout to you know to, to stop the clock later so as you probably the, the times that no one's supposed to call a timeout it's with that as a factor yeah I, i'm I, I'm not sure I completely understand that, but we'll kind of let it go because like, I kind of understand what you're saying, but I also don't really like you would think one person would have an advantage to have time left unless it's just such a 50, 50 situation that you're just like. The, so let's say know. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example, Jeff. Let's say there's one minute left. The defense has one timeout left and it's second and 15 for the offense at their own 25 yard line. Right. So if the chance, let's say the offense and defense both have one timeout left in this example, right? If, you know, so the clock's running, the first, there was a first down play at the, at the 35, they lost five yards, the clock's running. No, I get it. Left. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You follow well, me? Yeah. No, let go, keep going, but I get it. <laughs> so now, if the defense calls a timeout, now the offense is in a complete free roll situation, right? The defense has their timeouts, they can hand the ball off. I mean, unless you're, Aaron Rodgers had happened to throw an interception right there, which has to be like a, you know, one in, I don't know, one in 700 shot or something. But for the most part, it's a free roll for the offensive defense calls timeouts. Clearly not right. Now, if the offense calls timeout, they've just used their last timeout. It's still second and 15, right? Now, if somehow they have another clock stopping play, next thing you know, they can, or a turnover, they've now free rolled the defense, right? Meanwhile, if you, if both teams, you know, if they let the clock run down to 20 seconds, both teams win. You know, the, the, Either team calling a timeout gives the other team kind of a free roll to score in that situation. That's right. the Just was- because because of the timeout loss that they incur when they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big a, a and the, big the part timeout, of the situation. The one timeout thing is like on the on the extreme, but the same logic kind of follows from a two timeout situation also, where you're just like they could only you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. getting rid of that one still can kind of put them in a free roll situation even if they have one left, right? Well, I picked an extreme situation to demonstrate the, the concept, but yeah, for right. sure, you get much closer. And either way, like for Arians to call a timeout, I actually think Green Bay should have called a timeout in the situation at hand. I, I'm not sure how many timeouts they had left in memory, but if they had any, they should have called them. They were basically the only team with a chance to score with 32 seconds left and only second down. Right, I was surprised. I was like, when they said it was a Tampa Bay timeout, I was like, Green Bay has to be happy about that. Well, for sure. Okay, yeah, so first. so okay. Rogers well, so- throws a pick. Brady gets the ball back with 28 seconds left on his own 49-yard line. He throws a six-yard pass to Fournette. So second and four on Green Bay's 45. The next pass is incomplete. The next pass is incomplete. So um, Tampa Bay calls a timeout uh, with 13 seconds left. And um, they basically have fourth and four from the Green Bay 45 with 13 seconds left. We had that, we had Tampa Bay with a 2% better chance of winning the game from going for it. Oh, no, that was the eight. Sorry, wrong. So can I, can I, <laughs> wait, no, that is, that is, I want to know the, for this, though. On, I don't on, think on, it's on, as on. simple as go for it or not go for it. What's that? I don't think it's as simple as go for it or not go for it in this situation. I my I thought like because so if you go for it and it's a quick play, basically then Green Bay's in a situation where they have a chance of potentially getting to field goal range. They have a play, you know, they have a timeout or two timeouts. I think they have a all they have to do is get like 15 yards, right? And and they have a time they can use the whole field. So my thought like I was like, well, why not throw like a essentially like a deep ball mm-hmm. there? But which is well, they threw a deep they ball, did they that, ended up throwing the, a deep ball, but that was based play. on the coverage that Green Bay played. It wasn't the 
wasn't like that was Rufus. What is is your point that they it will take more time? Yes. Essentially, you want you you want if it doesn't succeed, you want to run as much clock as possible. I mean, according according to so according to what I'm seeing, right, which is uh, the action networks play by play, which is less than it's it's not necessarily their fault; it's their data feed, but it like seems a little confusing. It seems like they snapped the ball with 13 seconds left on the fourth down. And with eight seconds left, that's when they threw the touchdown pass. And so it's, again, like maybe we should just gloss over this because it, it seems like there's very little risk to them going for it and more, I mean, I guess like from your numbers, like it was a 2% gain. Rufus, you're kind of saying 3% like, actually. Go ahead, Rufus. Sorry, what I'm saying is obviously, first off, Tampa Bay, it's easier for them to get in field goal range because they have fewer yards to, to go. Jeff, is it less or fewer or less? Fewer yards. <laughs> okay. Fewer. If it, um, you can count them, it's, a, it's yeah, fewer. I know. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure if you do, actually, so that's good to know. Irregardless. Yes. Um, irregardless. I, my point is that if, they, if it's like a four-second play, then and they don't convert, Green Bay has the ball – at their own 43 with nine seconds to go, they essentially have one and potentially two shots to throw the, a 15-yard pass downfield, call a timeout, and kick a field goal. So one, there is risk. And one I think simple if it's, way to look if at it's it six down. seconds or five seconds, like instead of – if it's five seconds instead of nine seconds, I think it's a big difference. That's my point. And if you convert the fourth down, you're in field goal range anyway, most likely. I mean, I can't argue with that. But if, if you look at the fourth down play, and this is very simplified, but if you look at it, if you look at it as binary, either they fail to convert or they convert. But when they convert, they have a first down inside the Green Bay 40. And when they fail to convert, Green Bay's got the ball, you know, at their own 45. If you look at it, like, from that standpoint, it's easy to see why it's right to go for it. Because it's, say they, if they punt, you're just going to halftime. So it's clearly better to take a 50-50 shot of having a, first down and say the other teams, you yeah, know, I like 35, that. 34, rather than having Green Bay having the ball their own, you know, 45. That's a great way okay. of explaining it. Very logical. That's why um, we don't interrupt Matt anymore because he knows what he's talking about. And he um, wrote a book so about logic. Let's move to the next thing, which was Green Bay going for two when they scored a touchdown, right, to um, – with 24 seconds left to basically bring the score to at that point, what they're down by five at that point. No, sorry. They're down by, yeah, they would be down by either five or three. At that this point. is the end of the third quarter, right? Yes. Okay. What, what, what sorry, go ahead. I was going to say these things like come down to the chances of making the two point conversion. And, you know, I think in general, if you're, you know, losing the game and you have a, you know, great offense or, you know, if you're in a situation where you have, you know, an offensive advantage versus the other team, it's can rarely be wrong to, you know, go for two in that spot. So it's less at that point about like win expectancy and literally more about just putting yourself in the best position to win, which is putting yourself in the position to score the most points as possible because you're behind. I think in this case, both of those things kind of line up. Does it, it, does that have anything to do with the fact? Well, also I, um, the fact that it was such a high total game. And so you basically expected more points to be scored at the, you know, here too. So, I mean, cause you were saying, I mean, let's say you only had a 42% chance of making that two point conversion. Is it still the right move or, or would it be the right move to kick, to kick the extra point then? It like, might've been, I mean, depends on the chance of making the extra point as well, obviously well, those aren't gimmies anymore. And it, it turned out actually missing that two point conversion had a huge, re, had huge repercussions. <laughs> in terms of the the decision that we're you know that that we all that we talk will about. get to and that all high total to. games aren't the same and i mean it's the same ideas but is the game high total because of efficiency is it because of you know big you know big offensive plays or big offensive you know deep 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 chances or is it you know pace and how those things fit together i think plays a you know at least a minor role so matt at that at that point with 24 seconds left to go down by five, what did you make the actual like market on like the game at that point, the money line? What do you After remember? After they kicked the field goal? No, 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 no. Sorry. After 
literally after the missed two-point conversion. Missed two point conversion. Uh, Green, as someone that on. as someone that I don't know if you remember owned Tampa Bay and the Calcutta against someone else who I don't remember owned Green Bay. Um, no. There was there was a moment at that time, like so, what like we were opposed. Um, what did you make that that, lo- that me, line? The line. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. I'm curious. Uh, so I'm guessing it was in the somewhere 20, in the 30s or low, like 31, maybe. No. What was the score? I still the time? felt Just... fairly. Fair, I still felt fairly confident, but now, like reflecting on it and thinking about it, I'm like, holy crap, that was. That was a moment in time where that that started to look really dicey. Remind me of the score. It was 24-19 at the time. Is that the score? I believe uh, so. Uh, no, I don't think that or, was right. Was it 28-23 and there weren't any scores after that? That, 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 must was, be yeah, that was it. No, it was 28-23. All my alternate overs I bought, you know, we're looking so good. 28-23 with 24 seconds left in the third quarter. Do, we should play the Jeopardy. Simi, it's Simi now. Do, do, do. And now I'm trying to read it through Team Viewer. <laughs> that Green Bay, 28%. I can't tell if it says 28 or 28.8. or 20. So, so Green Bay basically had... 28, yeah. About the same odds as they did on fourth down, fourth and goal, down eight. Down eight? Only if they were going to kick the field goal. If they were going to go for it, they'd only have 25% for our model. <laughs> I think I think we go there now because that's what everyone. All right, let's go there. About. So, so now fast forward some field goal, some a field goal by Tampa. All of a sudden, Green Bay scores, or sorry, Green Bay marches down the field with two oh nine left. They have fourth and goal at the Tampa Bay eight. Now it's great, right? Because like they were first and goal at the eight after some like questionable decisions by Rodgers where he could look like twice he could literally could have run into the end zone but decided oh, not I don't to. think that's true I don't at think all. it was clear and he was going to make it I, I think on third I think on that third I think on third it. down it was clear No I don't think it was clear in either of them you had guys in the you had defenders in the end zone that you know actually the Defenders can... are like twice the speed of Rodgers too And wait I just thought about we the need fact to get that, that sports maybe Rodgers didn't come on now we need maybe to get the Maybe Rodgers no I mean I hadn't thought about this, but they probably want to score before that two-minute warning. And so, uh, running—you know—if you—if you run and you don't make it, um, you basically are losing a timeout. Yeah. Somehow, okay. I don't think that's what Rogers was no. thinking at the time, but that's <laughs> probably not. Right. Okay. So, why do you, why do they want to score just in case they don't get the two-point conversion? You're saying, Rufus? Yeah, because yeah. every every fifty clock stop is worth so much there, and having four versus three is you know better. Okay, you can't so count let's on making the two point conversion. So fourth and goal from the eight yard line, they decide with two oh nine left to kick a field goal. And the controversial moment is that your numbers say that that was the right decision. Well, I, I don't think devised, that's, that's not the only controversy. I think the controversy also is that he had the win probability after because, they made that field goal decision at twenty seven and a half percent. Whereas, re, 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 relax for a second, okay? Let's just go through this, okay? So your number said that that was the right decision, which is much, which is very controversial because like in the analytics community, if people were to say analytics, they would say never, never kick a field goal. Right. If there's one like rule of thumb, Mm -hmm. it's never kick if you can avoid kicking. Mm -hmm. So I think those spots down seven and down eight are definitely uh, exceptions to that. And I feel fairly confident in, you know, in, in our numbers. So let's, let's take this, like kind of through like in in terms of like a sim right what are all the situations that can happen after they go for that right so the- one situation is they 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 don't get it right so if they don't get it they're basically in a similar situation to if they had kicked it off they just also have a more conservative offense probably that they're facing and better field position right so I'll let you take it through this. This is this is your this is your gig. We'll step aside. I'm just gonna. I was just gonna say that like if anybody says they like should have gone for it versus kicking the field goal, maybe like there's so much subjectivity. So much depends on what is Tampa's chances of getting the two first downs. I think that's one thing that many people that were back in the envelope in this were missing, and 
in reality, obviously we saw that if it weren't for the questionable pass interference call, Rodgers was going to get the ball back for like 50 seconds less. I think that depending on how hard Tampa is going to try for that first down, like are they going to hand it to Fournette three times in the line? Are they going to pass? How often are they going to pass? How aggressively are they going to pass? That's very subjective. And if somebody wants to say, oh, well, Tom Brady's going to be aggressive and they're going to throw every down. Sure. I mean, definitely one of the great things about live wagering there is when there's a market, which we'll get to in a second, is that you can be right. I mean, I took kind of a my best guess on experience as far as how aggressive Tampa would be versus all the other teams that, you know, our model, you know, has and takes into account the data that of teams in that situation to kind of put them on a range of teams trying to run the clock out there. But that was where I put them. And if you put them more aggressive, if you put them the way, you know, Mahomes plays, if you put them the way the Patriots used to play in that spot, which is more aggressive, I definitely thought Arians and Leftwich would be less aggressive. You can definitely get to a spot where it would have been better for Green Bay to go for it. I'm, so, I'm not so, dying on the hill of the field goal was better. Okay. So you so what I'm curious about is how, how models, like how that stuff goes into a model. Like, or is it, is it how likely they are to run the ball versus pass? Um, I mean, do you have, cause when you say, Hey, there's a lot of subjectivity. I'm imagining you with like, you know, behind a computer, there's a little dial. You can, you're, you're turning the knobs a little bit. Like, is it, is it just like an aggressiveness index that informs, like, I, obviously I don't want you to There's a couple everything. indexes. I don't want to get into too much detail. I mean, our model runs every single play. So like, you know, determines, you know, the different things that can happen within that play with the, with the distribution. And like, if I change, you know, inputs in that spot, which are important for sure. I mean, it's not a, the and a football games don't exist in a vacuum. And that was actually one of the, one of the, Funny things that I caught on the the, the 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 Twitter criticism was calling our map model, you know, a vacuum because if there's one thing our model's not, it's a vacuum. I mean, our model is based on just that one game and everything that you know from our data, from from the different models that go into to the sim, and then from my subjective inputs at that time made those numbers, and they certainly include every single thing that was known at the time. Where was did they include it correctly? Of course, maybe not, but definitely it wasn't like, oh, well, we don't count that. No, we're trying to make the very best prediction at the time, and we have all kinds of resources going into that. So therefore, everything's being accounted for. So, so one sort of can. one secondary criticism that came up was um, was basically that your numbers did not jive at all with the numbers of another popular uh, win, live win probability model out there, um, Ben Baldwin's, which I'm not sure if that's the same as the NFL faster model or no, I think that's, I think it's different than the NFL faster model actually, but he basically had going for it with the 10% win probability and field goal attempt with a 9% win probability. Now I know um, his model is, is a machine learning based model, which I think the weakness there is that you need a lot of data um, to ascend. Well, to essentially generate those numbers. And so it's not going to adapt to the changing, a changing NFL game as much. And it's not going to be as great in circumstances that have happened more rarely, um, which the SIM model, um, the SIM model can handle all those things. Uh, but a SIM model is really, really hard to do really well. Um, but what, what it's just striking how different those numbers are though, the 10% essentially versus 27.5%. Um, and I'm trying to sort of, I'm trying to get wrap my head around it and kind of um, think through just to sort of, I mean, I think that's what everybody kind of does. They're like, well, you know, if, if, if Green Bay scores and they, you know, and they convert the two point conversion and Tom Brady's got the ball back with two minutes to go. And I think timeouts, you know, just what are the odds of the field goal? Just simplify it. So, I mean, assume the field goal, right? This is, by the way, this is not one of Rufus's strengths, simplifying. <laughs> no. So just assume the field goal, because it's obviously much more complicated before the field goal. But I think at this point, we're all in agreement that kicking the field goal or not kicking the field goal couldn't have made much of a difference. Like I said, I like can the I, field Can goal. I just I don't say, say we're, so, uh, like, so, we're, not everybody is in agreement. So, 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 so well, he the, was sure. 10% versus 9%. That's what I mean. So, right, right. But so, I mean, but, but the regular crowd, like so, okay, the non analytics stop, crowd. Stop, stop, stop for a second. So the, the, not field, the field goal, not field goal decision, right? 
it, it highlights a few things, right? One is that people don't understand fundamentally the difference in the way that teams play in certain situations, which, which significantly influences their chance of success, right? Like you probably wouldn't, like if you knew that Tom Brady was going to be super aggressive, that would like, regardless of the score, regardless of the situation, that would change things dramatically, right? But the fact that you can kind of count on him being relatively conservative, right? In the situation where they still have a lead, that highlights one of the things. The second Which he kind real of was. piece, what's up? Which he he pretty much was, except right. But that's game. you. Like what I'm saying is, you can count on that, right? Like if you knew, if you knew that if 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 someone told you like Tom Brady is going to play the same way and the the Tampa Bay is going to play the same way regardless of this the outcome, uh, you know the score, things would be different. The other thing is, people still underestimate the value or sorry, overestimate the value of tying a game in regulation. Like if you tie that game and give Tom Brady the ball with two minutes left, only needing a field goal to win, that's not a great, that's not a great situation for you to be in as much as you think like being down eight was a bad situation or being down five is a bad situation, giving him the ball tied with two minutes left and all of his timeouts only need a field goal. That's not a great situation. No, I actually really would love to know what the win probability would have been in that situation. If I'm, they actually tied the game running it. I'm actually running it right this now. Is... Also, I was going to say that one, we judge these coaches in these situations where no matter what they do, they're likely to not win the game. So it's like whatever they choose, it's probably not going to work out for this sample. Like whether he, whether LaFleur went for it or kicked the field goal, he was still in the neighborhood of 25% or in the, the model that, that you just cited, 10% to win the game. If you don't have much chance anyway, it doesn't – like when people say, oh, my God, he just punted on fourth and 15, down by 14 with three minutes left. Well, who cares? What are they – I mean, <laughs> what's the difference? I mean, maybe, you know, sure, he'd get a foot pass or something. I mean, you're just not going to win from that spot very often no matter what. It's not costing you much. One of the – I mean, I know it's on your list for later, but more interesting to me is like these spots currently where teams, especially teams in these, you know, with these high-efficiency games like Buffalo, Kansas City – like Kansas City, I think, punted like fourth and four from the own 41. And we had that like minus 3%. And as opposed to the Green Bay one, which is like, you can, you can, I'm not dying on the hill that the field goal was better, right? I think it was. I would bet my money that it was, but I'm not dying on the hill. But you, you cannot convince me that, you know, Kansas City didn't punt away 3% win chance when they, you know, didn't go for like a fourth and three or fourth and four, you know, midfield-ish in the, the first quarter. Uh, I would have had Green Bay at 44.5% if they had tied the game. Wow. Which, so you think they're pretty likely to stop Brady from getting a field goal there? Well, lots of I mean, I think models forget that, and this has 210 in it, by the way, with less time, it would be less, where it's not only, I mean, if they stop and they get the ball, Tampa can turn the ball over. There's actually still enough time left for Tampa to score and Green Bay to score back. Yeah. I mean, let's just say the first play is a 40-yard pass. All of a sudden, Tampa's trying to run out the clock. Green Bay's trying to stop the clock. Next thing you know, it's Rogers' ball with 50 seconds and no timeouts down three. The idea that, like, like once you get past a certain time, it's, like, has to be the last drive of the game is just is not reality. Okay, so let's move on to the question that Rufus is dying to ask, which is why is your model for win probability at that point so different than Ben Baldwin's? So after they I mean, the I can't goal. speak to Ben Baldwin's, you know, model, but I think you can simplify it and just, you know, you can put your own numbers on it. I mean, especially if you if you take it from a standpoint of Tampa's got the ball up five points, right? So it's more or less a parlay. What is Green Bay's chances of getting the ball back? What is Rogers' chances of scoring a touchdown? Particularly because at that point, that's the one I'm really scored, interested. By in. the time they score a touchdown, there really will be no time left there. So if you, you know, put a put a number on each, if you you know, assume Rodgers is 50% to score a touchdown save from his own 35 with two minutes-ish and no timeouts left, which I would have been the market, right? Uh, so I mean, it would have been. Of, what are the chances of Green Bay stopping Tampa three and out? If they're 50%, you know, that's the 25% win chance. And then every single high-variance play at that point is obviously going against Tampa. Any fumble, any block punt, punt return, you know, extra timeouts that come from, you know, decline, you know, 
decline penalties. Not to mention the fact that, you know, again, Tampa Bay really needed two first downs. And we can get to the, you know, the 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 on purpose offsides, which I didn't agree with either. <laughs> you thought they but should they not have done that. We had a two percent bad. It's I mean, yeah, they have a better chance of stopping, but it's a whole other play. It's a whole other clock stop. You're losing forty seconds essentially. You know, that at that you need variance. You're already screwed when you're faced on defense with second and two, you know, the two minute warning with three timeouts. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you know, at, at that point, heck with it, you know, cover zero, send the blitz. So, did you guys end up betting on um, in game on, on uh, Green Bay in that situation? There's really no market right now. I mean, deck prism is going to change that over time, but right now, there's really no market. Uh, I, I, uh, I look back to see what the, you know, the offshores did and, one of them didn't even post a money line during that timeout. And the other one posted uh, something like, I think, 360, which was, you know. Yeah, I think Seth Byrne actually text, like, tweeted out that the market was like minus 400, minus three something. Was this after the field? They, after Plus they kicked the field? After goal? the field. It was by the time anybody put, again, one of the issues right now is there's there are no really good models. There's, there's nothing like Deck Prism out there right now. And, so it's like people trying to put the number up and it takes time to like think about it and get a good, the numbers aren't coming up quick in those spots at all. And that's one thing we're going to change. And if people like the 10% model and I'm, <laughs> I'm an, I'm a guy that says, Hey, you like something, you feel confident about it. You put your money on it. You hope for the best. And I think it won't be long until there's a real in-play market across America where anybody who has a model makes a model, likes a model can look at that model and put their put their money down in play and that's i mean that's the best way to judge right just keep score of who has the most in the end <laughs> to say one's right and one's wrong based on analytics and math and stuff i mean that's not the real world i like what you're saying so the, it's hard to it's hard to build a model like this though right i mean it it's hard for us we've been working on it for years <laughs> yeah I mean, how how are you able to? I mean, it's a simulation based model. How are you able to update it that quickly? Rufus has like Rufus has like the I mean, biggest I'm simulation. Out. He has simulation envy. Like anytime oh. someone builds a simulator, he's just like, oh my god. Well, Jeff, like, and he's always just like, you have simulator envy. Let me tell you a quick story. I've I've tried. I had a baseball model that was successful, um, but I tried to. I, I thought it could be better. Uh, if I if I built a simulator for it, basically, this is back in like 2011, because my, my strength is my projections. I'm like, if I have a if I can, you know, I can actually capitalize and better with the with the simulation model. And I ended up, um, you know, I was simulating whether the ball be put in play or not. You know, would it would it be a ground ball, line drive, or fly ball? If it's a ground ball, will it be in the infield or not? If it's an infield ground ball, what are the what's the probability it's a single? You know, a double, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, it's just a, like a, a bunch of decision trees. And um, I, I spent like, I feel like I spent like two months of working like all day on this and ended up, uh, it ended up doing, being worse than the original model I had. Um, and so it's really hard with the simulation model because you have to get absolutely everything right. If, if it's, because the error is compound. Garbage. You miss, right. If you're, you know, you, your double play probabilities are wrong somehow, boom. Like, you know, if you're not dealing with, you, you have to deal with, I mean, baseball is the simple. I'm laughing at the double play thing because we, we actually had a, like a typo in our double play one time and it <laughs> took us days to catch the bug. Like we couldn't figure oh, it out. But like you were predicting double plays when there was nobody on base. <laughs> we had a, <laughs> we try to get it all in there. Right? You know, as Rufus says, if you miss anything, you miss everything, right? Well, so, there's definitely pitchers. I'm gonna get in the weeds here, but there's pitchers with more double plays. So we we were really trying to like, okay, the ball's in play. What are the chances of a double play versus you know another pitcher? Even given all the other say pitches, pitch FX input. Again, this was we probably went too far with this anyway, but we had made a slight error and we were like, <laughs> we were accidentally like giving some pitchers like 25 times the chance of a double play. <laughs> Yeah, needless to say, it was a. Okay, so it's, you have to like. I mean, I still can't fathom how like because you have to. You're, you're simulating when a play when the manager pulls the pitcher. You know, pinch hitters mm -hmm. like which relievers coming in mm -hmm. for how long, all that stuff. And if you're, and if 
if you're off, like you can just throw things off. And for me, I mean, my strength was my projections. And so I realized I, at two point, I was like, well, I'm just making my projections worse essentially. Cause I'm obviously having errors in this, that, you know, there's things I'm not picking up on correctly. And, you know, and it just, it's, it's mucking it all up. Okay. Thanks for that great scientific <laughs> explanation. Wait, so I, I still I, want to I know like how it. he's able to run the Sims so quickly in real time. You, you mean like how, how, like there's, how well, you're, you're able to update Rufus, your there's model. These, there's these things called computers uh, and they don't, you don't actually have to use your hands and like, there's no calculations. <laughs> they just run programs. Oh, see, I was running simulations in like a notebook with pen and paper. <laughs> that would make sense why you think it's so challenging. No, I, 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 think, I roll dice to determine if it's a double play or not. So we should, we should, so you were playing Stratomatic. <laughs> yeah, you were using that to like. I was thinking the same thing. Okay, so let's let's move on to just generally to the deck prism concept, which is fascinating, right? Because the reason this is a great like segue or an intro into what you're doing in the world right now is because everything that we've talked about, which was probably to some a fascinating conversation and probably some like brain numbing, there are so many scenarios, right, that have to happen. And so as you guys think about changing in-play wagering and congratulations on the Circa deal, that's like amazing. It's like, um, how do you see the world changing as Deck Prism like penetrates the market and generally prolifer like it, it just becomes more ubiquitous, which ideally it will. And I know that we've talked about this, like one of the reasons you want to do it is because you believe that like, this is just the reason that people will watch sports because it's just more fun. There's just like the, as you always talk about Matt, the clicks, it's all about the clicks. Right. So if you go back to this concept, mm -hmm. like with starting with the empire of Circa and, and moving on, how do you see the world of betting changing? Do you think Circa is going to be willing to take large wagers and that's going to be something that sort of helps them become more prominent and helps them expand to more States and, I do, and if it's not circuit, it'll be somebody else. And th there should be there should be a real market for the time we're talking about, right? The the situation where the models are either at ten percent or twenty seven percent, or there should be a market. I mean, if 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 I want to bet my twenty seven percent market, and someone else wants to, I mean, the model, and someone else wants to bet their ten percent model, we should be able to do so. You know, the best way to determine what's right and what's not is to you know put the money down. You know, unless you're GameStop, but uh. <laughs> so do you think? Do you have you done any? Have you done any estimations or projections on how much handle you think you could generate in those types of situations? If mm -hmm. you know, like those are the highly leveraged situations, right? The situations where people are dying to be like, I'd love to get down. Even the casual better. Oh, if, yeah. it, if there I was a well-known market, they would be excited to do that, right? I think in general, the regulated numbers, the you know, the, the the handle numbers we see now, and people are like, oh, look how much they did. Look how much they're all so small. They're so small, particularly in play, compared to what can be done in play with no delay, with a, a real market maker and a real lineup. I mean, the key is you've you've got to post the line at the beginning of the timeout. You can't wait till there's 15 seconds left in the timeout and then finally get the lineup. You know that's why isn't 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 the key for us then to like say screw circa screw DraftKings screw let like let's get a license let's only do in play maybe and like let's be the imp let's like push notifications to people mm -hmm. let's like let them know it's available let's do advertising at that moment let's do it's advertising coming. It, it, it's coming regardless there's a I think regardless is the actual of, word regardless. there's a handful of uh of you know operators group it's it's coming someone someone's coming to the u.s or already here and are going to take bets they're going to take bets in play they're going to take bets before the game they're not going to be the carnival game stuff that we see currently i think i know what you're talking about but what if we build a wall do you think they won't be able to get into the u.s i mean it just right. depends on who pays for the wall good point good point um, okay, so do you think that Deck Prism and your in-game probabilities will have any impact on coaching decisions? That's so. That's a good question. It's funny because 
I mean, <laughs> I started tweeting these uh, like here and there at the beginning of the year. I don't even know why. Like, I don't have like an agenda behind it. It's just a, you know, I find it interesting and, you know, we're somewhat, you know, branding. We're, you know, somewhat, a, you know, a, you know, acquiring business, you know, there's Dak Prism. And I think people say, hey, how come you're tweeting this under your name? Why don't you tweet under the Dak Prism Twitter? And I'm like, eh. I don't know. That's more work. I got to log into another account. You know, I only got so much time. I'm, I'm in my account anyway because I'm constantly, you know, scouring Twitter for information about the game, et cetera. Like, you know, if it's, if it's going to be out there, you know, it's going to be in my account. I think that coaching wise and team wise, it's going to catch on just because it's right. It's not because of anything we're doing or anything else. I mean, heck, the whole universe seems to consistently you know I mean, this was only controversial my tweet well one we are higher on the, the the win probability but the idea was that everyone thought it was so obvious to go for it or a lot of people seem to i i 100 percent thought it was obvious to go for it and then when 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 someone someone random that i know that's just a casual sports fan sent me your tweet and i was like oh matt's sharp i should probably think about this more and then I did start thinking about all the different scenarios that I mentioned, like of the casual thing. And it was, it was interesting. So, yeah. And yeah, I think that, that, that we're, I mean, look at how already teams are going for it way more often than they were a few years ago. So I expected to keep going that direction, particularly as it's, I think a lot of times coaches don't go for it in spots because I mean, think about what their goal is. Their, their goal is not really to maximize the win right. percentage, right? Their, their goal a lot of times is to keep their job. Yep. So they're self-preservation. Right. So if you're in a situation where you're in a complete negative free roll situation by doing something out of the ordinary, going for it, well, why would you do that? And, you know, I think, in, I mean, remember Belichick went for the, uh, oh, before yeah. down his own end versus the Colts. And what was that, like 2009? 2029 yard, his own 29 yard line. A pass to, to like Kevin, Kevin Falk. Falk. Yeah. It was fourth and one, and he didn't even get the and one. And it's right? actually, he even passed it, which is even even kind of more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. In some levels. So, okay. So, quick question on this, right? Um, as you've evaluated this, have you noticed like coaches that are good and bad? And if so, no, like sure. which, ones do, which ones do you, which coaches would you think are the best? At, Purely on in-game decision making, so it might not be the coach. It might right, be... we're just talking game management here, of course. Yeah, there's game a ton management. More, there's a ton. Of course, of course, of course, of course. We're we're simplifying this to just right. game management. It, who I would are the even best call this who are the worst as a coach. I mean, shouldn't there be somebody just in the box running numbers? Yeah, for checking sure. my checking but my Twitter account the, to see what to do. You know, it's one of the only things that we can really quantify, right? Right. I and agree. so let's just go with that. So, who are the best and who are the worst? So I actually. <laughs> It's funny because I would have called uh, uh, I would have called uh, the Buffalo coach McDermott. Uh, Chick keeps trying to call him Peterman because he kind of looks like the Seinfeld guy. No, McDermott. I think <laughs> I would have called him really good Peter before. Uh, I mean, obviously <laughs> he had a rough championship game. Uh, right, Frank Reich, the, the Colts coach, is you know way, way, way up there. Uh, coaches that are poor, uh, Tomlin, Vrabel. Uh, McVeigh is like surprisingly like conservative when he shouldn't be. Yeah. I think that uh, that Peterson, that the ex Eagles coach, was very good at game management. You know, despite the delay of game punt in the final game of the season, but yeah, maybe his goal was different, although it didn't work out for him. He, he certainly didn't minimize the blame with that. <laughs> yeah, he was okay. the fall guy for the front office. Oh, Stefanski, I think Stefanski's doing a great job with the Browns. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the Super Bowl. So what I want to ask you about the Super Bowl is, as you think about Deck Prism or you think about in-game in the Super Bowl, how are you going to tune your model? Is it going to be different because of the Super Bowl, right? Because there's this sort of adage, it used to be much more true than Mm. it is now about why blowouts happen and whatnot. Um, Do you feel like you'll tune it differently? You know what? I wasn't going to until you said that. I mean, there's some, I'm not joking. Actually, we have a we have a couple of different uncertainty levels in the simulation that, like, you know, provide variance for the different parts of the game. And I hadn't really thought about it, but you know, like we turn up for bowl games, for instance. 
now that you mention it, I'm definitely going to turn up the uncertainty dials on the Super Bowl because of the, you know, two weeks extra, you know, eyeballs. There's got to yeah. be something to that, right? I, I mean, I, I always find the Super Bowl, like, so as, um, I don't know if you guys know, but we own the last two teams in the Calcutta. So we are rooting for a blowout, right? Because hmm. if it's a blowout, we could actually take biggest point spread winner and biggest loser, right. which would net us a little bit more than we've already mm-hmm. won, which would be, which would be, and I'm just, ba- don't, don't, I'm just Victory basking time. more of it. Like you oh, guys can say, shut the win, F up, but it's more of a to, joke. To, to the winner goes the spoils. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no. So, so that's interesting. Um, what, what do you guys think about the game so far, just from a, you know, an absolute standpoint, Actually, what would be what will be interesting is as um, the Chiefs make decisions in this game, like and and we didn't talk about the Buffalo KC game because honestly, like I didn't want us to spend that much more time on it. But like when you tune KC, like should KC should they even have a kicker? Should they have a kicker at all? Like maybe a punter for very select situations and maybe someone for extra points, but like are there very few cases where they should actually be not going for it on fourth well, down? Well, if Kansas City shouldn't, their opponent shouldn't be either, and I think that's probably more right than wrong. Got it. Because our, interesting. Kansas so, City's punt on the first drive of the game, I mean, I tweeted it. We had it like minus 3%. It was like fourth and four at – I'm going to find the, the tweet. will be the fastest. It was like fourth and four at their own 41. Like the spot where everybody always punts. Yeah. Uh, but there's yeah. no chance that they should have punted. Is your but point. but okay, if they were if it was fourth and four at their own forty-one and they were up ten in the third quarter, punting would be the right move, though. Yeah, possible. Probably. Especially being the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Reduced okay. variance. Three and a half percent. I didn't actually huh? put the situation on the tweet. It was three and a half percent worse the Kansas City punted the ball in the four, in the first quarter. Like I said, I think it was like fourth and four from their own forty-one. If I remember it was that. fourth and four from their own forty-one. 10 minutes left to go. And the first Mahomes had just thrown three and a half percent. That's a lot. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'm not, guessing that, because their probability of converting, that that's not overall every team should go for it on fourth and four in that situation. It's, I think most teams most should, should certainly the B and three and a half percent was because both of those teams are really good at offense. Yeah. What did you have Kansas City when they were down nine and in that situation? Like the market, I think they were roughly even. Is that right? Uh, the Bills were a favorite at one point. We were in line with the market we usually are. Because <laughs> you are the market. <laughs> Not no yet, but hopefully soon. Um, okay, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Um, line opened. Um, oh, we, a quick question, though. We're, so Rufus and I disagreed on the Kansas City-Buffalo game. I thought Kansas City was – a lot of value and Rufus actually liked Buffalo there. Where well, were you guys on that? I, I liked Buffalo. I liked Buffalo way earlier in the week or when we recorded when there was still, when there was more uncertainty with Mahomes. Cause part of it was, I was, there was a chance that Mahomes doesn't play or is severely limited. And I thought that was being underpriced by the market. Sure. I thought the closer was accurate. Got it. Which is, I mean, which basically meant that like there was lots of value on Buffalo Lots of time before that, because right. of that. I think, exactly I think the game closed like 58, 57 or fifty eight percent, which I thought was accurate. And if anything, I'd have taken Buffalo at the closer just because of what I had read and saw from Mahomes. I thought he might be more more hampered than he certainly was from the toe. He he played a fantastic game, and you know, props to him for that. I mean, he's a fantastic player and didn't. I mean, he's got a toe injury that needs surgery and. If you didn't know it going into the game, I'm not sure you could have tell. You've been able to tell. All I heard okay. was props. Let's let's move. Let's <laughs> move to the Super Bowl. <laughs> let's that's next week, Rufus. So let's move to the Super Super Bowl. So Kansas City opens minus three, minus one twenty-ish, I think, right? And it's now minus three, minus one fifteen. Um, total is fifty-six. Uh, Early reactions to that. I guess a couple questions. One, do you see it moving in one direction or the other clearly? And two, where do you guys lean right now? 
I like Tampa, and there's but as far as where it's moving, there has been a ton of sharp money already bet on Tampa. In other words, the money's already in the market, and you see where it's at now. So that kind of tells me that the the number might go up if anything. You think public money's coming in on on Kansas City? And how, it wait, feels how, like everybody's betting Kansas City. Like, how much? T- there's a. I was going to say, do you think the public is underestimating the impact of of losing Eric Fisher? I hope. So you, so you, yeah, that team's so you, good. Kansas City's so good. Mahomes is so good. Reed is so good. It's the whole. I mean, Reed's got the extra week. I mean, I'm I I, I get it. Yeah, but they're they're Kansas City's thin on the offensive line. Mahomes does have the the toe injury. You know the the. Uh, Vita Veda is back. Uh, he's played last week for Tampa. One of the top five interior linemen in, in in Tampa's got a great great defensive line between you know Pierre Paul and Veya. Uh, Sue, Sue did not to mention that did Bowles puts them. You know their 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 scheme is like perfect for an aggressive defensive player and. I like, you know, I like Tampa sacks over. I, I think the Tampa defense is going to give Mahomes, a, you know, a, a hard time. Mahomes will be forced to, to pass. I think they'll give him a hard time. The line is, I guess it'll go further up because there's already been a lot of money bet on Tampa and hasn't moved. That's fascinating. And so do you think that um, – where do you think your value – do you think the value that you're seeing is because of the underestimation of the offensive line injuries for Kansas City – or do you think it's just like the publicness of Kansas City? Or I'm not sure. I'm kind of field advantage. A little bit surprised. That's right. The game's in Tampa too. I, I yeah. was sure this guy would move down. Between the offensive line injury, Mahomes' injury, the game in Tampa. Remember the Kansas City played Tampa though. Like what was it, week 12? Whatever it was, and Kansas City jumped up way ahead. Actually, had Tampa better in that game, believe it or not, despite you know accounting for the score and everything. But I think the perception was that Kansas City kind of kicked their butt and Tampa was lucky to get close, and that may be playing a factor. Well, Kansas City jumped out to a 17-0 lead, and like Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill had a million and a half yards in the first quarter. And, and, then, and so they, they were really playing from behind. After that. Yeah. So do you think, Matt, do you think you have yeah. enough read on the pup, like the Sharps and the market generally that there aren't any sharps that are going to come in on Kansas City. Like you feel pretty. pretty... I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't say that. No. I mean, okay. Uh, I think that there's so many people that are smart when it comes to, to to football, and there's only two sides of the game. And I'm sure that there's ways to come up Kansas City here. I mean, I think I made the game like 55, 56 percent, which is a huge edge, huge edge for me. But at the same time, you know. You tweak a couple of things and you're at 64% and all of a sudden, hey, Chiefs minus three minus 10 is value. I don't I, – I'm not sure there's really any situation. I think anyone that says, oh, there can never be value on the other side, I think those people just are way overconfident in their own abilities or opinions. And you know, So, the, like, the, 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 the TLDR on this is if you're going to bet Tampa, probably good to wait because likely going to go up more than anything. I, I, I guess – if it were, I mean, as if it were like any other week, I would say no. You know, if like if I make the game seven percent in one direction, it generally moves that way, regardless of anything else. But this is the Super Bowl, and this is Mahomes and Reed, and all they do is win. I mean, but they they lost one game this year. How many games did they lose last year? Not many. I mean, they're they're the best. All they do is win, but but they don't cover and. I mean, I, I think well, they, some they actually did last week. Rufus. I know, unfortunately, <laughs> they yeah. sure did. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if I said this yet, Jeff, but uh, congratulations. Thank you. Guys. Yeah. thank you. You guys, yeah. Now <laughs> I know you want to do like, that. So I, like, so I like to say that Preston should take all the credit for Tampa because he was like Tampa has the best chance to like be the top seat. Like we talked about this beforehand, and our model just loved Kansas City, and I was basically like. I mean, if we can, let's get Kansas City. We still got them for what we thought was value. And so, anywho. Okay, last last question. The total. Uh, any thoughts on the total? I'm, I actually made it 56, so not really. I think it would go What's up? I'm at 55.6, so I'm basically right where, yeah. So, it's – the. I mean, 
before weather. Is it going to go up? I think. Yeah. It's gone down with some sharp money early. And then, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's so interesting. Super Bowl line moves just because you have that. And and, I mean, both with the game and props, it's like the first moves are sharp. And then there's this period and things, then things start getting out of whack. And then there's value right at the end. Okay. Last, last question. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. I was just going to say, we actually made a, uh, uh, we made a machine learning model of all the, the the Super Bowls. We said, you know, let's say let's let AI solve the Super Bowl problem once and for all. And we fed all 51 Super Bowls in, and it's fed out. Are you guys insane? What are you trying to make a learner model with 51 data points? <laughs> okay, last la- last last. I like question. that commentary. <laughs> Jeff Jeff, Jeff is like, what? We're gonna laugh at that joke. Yeah. <laughs> last last question. Um, and now I literally don't. Meanwhile, it's Super Bowl what. 55 anyway. I literally don't even remember what this last, last question was. It had to do with the totals. Uh, it doesn't even matter. Maybe I'll remember it next time. Um, anyways, thanks. Thanks for joining us. This was, this was cool. I mean, I think that there is a lot, there was a lot of like wisdom passed down during this podcast. Um, I, uh, I, I think the Super Bowl is going to be fascinating because um, like I think one of the reasons that probably people like you like sharps like Tampa is that Kansas city is kind of underperformed all season. Right. So if you're looking at their historical numbers, they've underperformed and there is that like thought that like some teams can flip a switch. Right. So, but I I think the consent like Tampa is consensus, like a more talented team overall. Right. I mean, at least, or that's what I don't want to say consensus. I, 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 that's like, I think Eric eager from pro football focus was saying that overall they have the talent level of Tampa higher, but I mean, but Mahomes is the best player on the field, which is like, yeah, right. I mean, Tyreek, Tyreek, Kelsey and, and and Mahomes, and Andy Reed is a co and Andy Reed. It makes and Eric the like make the most out of what they have, which is, you know, I I actually think, I, I think just from a pure, Having watched the games, I think Kansas City is going to kill them. And I think Brady is going to look his age in that game because I think Kansas City is going to be able to get pressure on him. And I just don't – I think, like, as well as he played in that first half, he did not play particularly well in that second half. And if you can get pressure on him, he makes some very questionable decisions. And this is why the line's going up. I mean, you – your your viewpoint from like not looking at me you're as smart a guy as it comes and you're watching and you've watched football a while and your take is Kansas City is way 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 better and there's there's value to that and that's why <laughs> that's why the line's going up and you know people that bet early on Tampa or that thought they were so smart may not be so smart so do we think that Ed Teach this. is going to be happy on Sunday or unhappy on Sunday? That's the real question. We always got to bring him back in here. So he 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 comes off as generally unhappy unless he and wins. So he either comes he comes off as either unhappy or smug. There's like two. <laughs> it's like a binary switch. Ed, we love you. Like, but it, it is funny to make fun of you. Uh, any he's, last he's, words, guys? Yeah. I I mean, he's actually a really good guy. Like in real so life, we, but we obviously Twitter and real life are very different. We had this whole know. conversation about like advantage players. I was like talking to someone about this television show that we might work on. And one of the, the things about Ed Teach is if you go back to that episode, we had him on the first ever time we had him on in that episode, he basically talked about Tampa winning the Super Bowl before the season started. Mm-hmm. He talked about Alex Smith being, you know, the comeback, comeback player yeah. of the year before he like even clear that he was going to like do anything this year. He nailed Lamar Jackson last year. I mean, and, and you know what? Very, very good. At this. The only thing I bet that he said was to Rod Taylor MVP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I deserved that. How'd that work it's, out for you? Yeah. I hey, it's, it's, it's still technically it's a pending bet, which is depressing. I loved, I, I saw it there. I was like, wait, what? All right. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for joining us people. We'll talk to you guys next week where Rufus is going to do his, 
props and we'll try to have someone else on who does props so they can actually compare notes. Maybe we'll have someone that does it purely based on gut or something. Well, like I think, I mean, first, I mean, I do think that there's, it's an art and a science. There's so much you have to look through and, and, and so few data points, the machine learning model doesn't work. So it's, uh, I, I love, I love talking about this stuff and, and this, the art of it. So excited for that. All right. Thanks. And Matt, thanks for joining us and congratulations on all of the success with Duck Prism. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Rupert. I really appreciate you guys having all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded. 